people are confused or they're frightened, they look for simple solutions to explain complex problems. With Ukraine, inflation, media noise, is there any wonder we're confused and worried? On today's podcast, we'll unpack the most urgent issues and we'll try to restore some sanity. Matters USA with Fred Sage. And you also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Welcome to Money Matters USA. We're back into the podcast with Fred Sade. Fred Sade is founder managing director of the firm money matters usa which is a fiduciary firm fred himself a fiduciary and also a phd in economics that was earned at duke university 800-593-8188 by the way to reach fred and fred how are you today i'm great dave how are you very good very good you know speaking of duke this is the uh, historic year for them coach k oh, yeah how many years coach k that's unbelievable i don't remember when there ever was not a coach k yeah um you know i'm embarrassed to say got to be at least 40 some odd years i, I mean yeah absolutely because uh, 40 years ago it was 1982 uh, so, yeah, I guess that's right. I'll, I'll I'll get the research department on it. But we're recording on the last day of February 2022. So, you know, we're in this snapshot, current snapshot in history. And uh, we're going to look at that a little bit and how it could affect retirees. Machiavelli wrote in the Prince, I'm not interested in preserving the status quo. I want to overthrow it. So we're going to start with Ukraine on that note. Uh, since President Putin ordered Russian armed forces to invade Ukraine. The question, Fred, is how important is Ukraine uh, to a retiree here and someone entering retirement today or even uh, heading there in the short rows planning for it? Generally speaking, uh, so far as Americans are concerned and the American equity markets, uh, foreign policy issues usually do not matter. It becomes an issue when or if American armed forces go into combat. And if that happens, the markets initially will drop. And when we wind things up, then the markets recover. So it's it's usually, and especially recently, it's been about a 12-month cycle. We know that history never repeats in the same way, so it's certainly possible that things could be different this time. So far, it hasn't been the case. So far, the markets are ignoring Ukraine. They may be concerned with some of the commodity ramifications, but not with Ukraine itself. Well, you know, because what was it? It was last week, one day, at one point it was down, I think, like 800, but it rebounded. And then the next day it was way up again. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. That's amazing. That's typical. Yeah, no, yeah it is. Uh, I mean, I, you know, if you watch the the, the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ and the Dow, they're like yo-yos. Yeah, <laughs> I know, really. Go up and down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you, um, you mentioned commodities in Russia and Ukraine are commodity-based economies. Um, would that have any impact on how a retiree or soon-to-be retiree should think about their portfolios then? And how to protect themselves. In other words, should should we be reassessing? Well, I th- I, th- I think some reassessment is is necessary, but I also think that people should not panic. Now, both Russia and Ukraine uh, are commodity based economies. They they they're major exporters of food grains, wheat, corn. I may be wrong, but I think Russia is the largest, the single largest exporter of of wheat. Now, Russia could stop the uh, imp- the export of wheat if it, if it wanted to, and they've got enough foreign exchange reserves right now that they could hold out for six months w- without any need to redeploy. Uh, those reserves and, and reinvest them in, in further trade. Now, they may not choose to do that uh, because they, they may need to stabilize uh, their, their own uh, currency. But in theory, they, they could do that. Ukraine is a totally different ballgame. It, it, it cannot uh, export anything right now uh, because its ports mm-hmm. are closed. Now, so it it's possible that we will have higher prices for wheat and, and grains. I, um, as of the end of last week, wheat futures prices were up 25% year to date. And I would think that they're going to increase. Now, Russia has some other commodity exports that are not widely known, but uh, one of their exports is neon gas. And you wonder, what do you use neon gas for yeah. beside a sign? But but neon gas is used to manufacture computer chips. Ah. And right now, there's a computer chip shortage. Russia is also a major exporter of palladium. That's that's another important uh, product that, that's used uh, in electrical uh, circuits. So... Um, Supply and demand uh, right now is is out of balance. Uh, it was imbalanced. It was ba- pretty much balanced before the Russian invasion. So I, I think we're just going to have to pay attention to the Chicago Board of Trade mm-hmm. uh, futures to to give us indications of of where we're we're going here. Well, a lot of confusing reports and conversation you know on the business channels in in any business media on what to do next. And it wasn't that long ago we weren't talking that much about Ukraine. Uh, we, as a matter of fact, we, even we were hearing and, and reading things that showed maybe there wouldn't be an invasion. And our focus was really on how what the Fed will do with interest rates and how much they would raise interest rates. And it seems like I even was reading that, I mean, this could change their whole planning process on that. Yeah, it could. It it it, it, defi- it definitely uh, could. I mean, I I've learned the hard way that not to bet uh, on, on what the Federal Reserve right. uh, 
uh, is is going to do. And on that, you know, we went from no rate increases to one increase to two increases to nine increases to maybe seven increases. And and you're right, nobody knows right now. It's it just, just uncertain. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know what the what the U.S. economy is is going to do. We don't know how it's going to react to energy. Uh, prices. We, we heard that they're going to release another 17 million barrels uh, from the strategic reserve. Problem is, we use 13. We we consume 13 barrels a day. They're releasing 17, so I assume they're just going to feed it into the uh, system and not, and not do it in in one single uh, dose. There are, there are some uh, university professors. They've been looking at a, a European index, the MSCI, which is the Morgan Stanley Capital International Europe Index. Mm-hmm. And they've been suggesting that Americans might be too American-centric in their uh, investing, and they might want to think about uh, looking at, 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 uh, at Europe because European uh, markets have declined less than American markets. This this is just simply an observation. I'm not making any recommendation right. here to anybody. Just you know, just just take a look and, and inform yourself. I, I would. I have to say, that I, I was thinking about this. Uh, for I've been thinking about this uh, for the past few days. I I, I think that Putin gave Powell a very successful head fake. I mean, if, if mm. we were playing basketball, I, I think Powell gave him a head fake mm. and dribbled, you know, right around right around him. And I, I think really? that this puts Powell, you know, I think it puts Powell in a very difficult spot because there is no simple solution for the Federal Reserve. Right now, as I see it, Powell has three choices. Choice one is he can do little or nothing. And if he does that, we have increasing inflation, and that means that if you are getting ready for retirement or you're in retirement, you're going to have to make some very, very hard choices about how to spend spend your money. And, and you're going to be facing this, this trade-off between energy. What do I spend for energy? What do I spend gasoline? What do I spend to heat my home, my apartment? What do I spend uh, for food? I mean, re- retirement is all about controlling expenses. Because most people are living on a fixed income, and now you're you're really faced with with a situation where your income is fixed, and and everything that you want to touch is going up in price. So, what can you adjust? What can you eliminate? I mean, there's a finite point uh, with this. So, this is one uh, particular um, one particular problem. Um, the second thing that Powell can do is raise interest rates, and this will slow the U.S. economy. It's going to have an impact on bonds, and that means that as interest rates rise, bond, bonds have to be discounted in order to get equivalent yield. So my concern here is that the Federal Reserve has a mandate, uh, which is price stability, and price stability is a euphemism. All it means is that the Fed has to control uh, inflation. So the prices go up and we have inflation. That means people want higher wages and those higher wages get eaten up by higher prices for food 
energy and just about everything else. And that if you're a retiree or about to retire, you're you're still left with those terrible choices. You you have to choice. You're you're now you're now back to the to the traditional definition of economics, which is the allocation of, of scarce resources against comp- competing alternatives. And the alternatives are, you know, are, are at really where you where you live. Uh, now, Powell's third choice, and this is the nasty choice. Hmm. And because Powell has underestimated inflation, and it's a serious issue here, and he's continued to print money far longer than was necessary, Powell is responsible for allowing inflation to surge. So what's his third choice? His third choice is the way that the Fed normally handles runaway inflation, and that's to induce a recession. Now, I I would say that from what I'm seeing, reading, people calling me, people that I talk to, People are going from nervous to frightened, mm-hmm. and Powell says he's going to act in March. And I don't find that particularly reassuring, especially if Putin has absorbed the Ukraine by them. So we've got all this nervousness, all this energy that people have, and this, is, I think, explains a lot of the volatility we are seeing in the, in the markets. Wall Street's been... Up until now, it's been laser focused on Fed policy, and it's been concerned with that, I think, more than the rest of the economy. But when we're looking at higher gas and food prices and higher prices for everything possible, it it impacts all of us, and it goes way beyond Wall Street. It gets to the general economy where we, where all of us live, you know, and, and wall street is one thing and they, I mean, they did, as we mentioned, rebound quickly last week, but on main street, we're still feeling the pinch of inflation. You mentioned Powell's three choices. I know you don't like number three. Um, obviously, uh, that would be inducing a recession. Uh, number one, you mentioned was doing little or nothing. And number two was raising interest rates. Which do you think is best then? I know it's I like would, a no-win situation almost, isn't it? Yeah, it it it, it is. Uh, I would prefer that he gradually increase interest rates and offload some of the Fed's uh, bloated uh, bond portfolio, and that when they get the cash in from the sale of those bonds, that they retire. That money, in other words, that he doesn't take the money from the from the from one thing and then buy more bonds and, and you know and and just revolve this thing around. I think if they then reduce the supply of money uh, and gradually increase inflation, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, increase interest rates, that will be that will give us inflationary impact. But I I think that would that would be the best. Uh, that would be the best or the least worst, least damaging course that the Federal Reserve uh, could uh, take. The, the, my fear is that he'll go with the third, because that's what the Fed always does. They, they in other words, they build, they, it's like a steam engine. They, they <clears throat> excuse me, they build, they build up this head of steam, and they keep going, going, going until they crash the the economy. And, uh, I, you know, again, I, history doesn't repeat, but 
uh, one of the things that I that I had to do uh, is I uh, uh, in my student days is I had to had to study the period 1935 through 1937, and wh why that period? Well, 1935 is is the Social Security is enacted. <coughs> Excuse me, and 1937 we get the impact of the payroll tax. We get a tax increase, a major tax increase, and the Federal Reserve misread the economy. They thought the economy was overheating, so they went to a deflationary mode, mm. and that induced what was euphemistically called the recession of 1937. Um, they didn't want to scare people, but in truth, a lot of the indicators were worse in 1937 than they were in 1932. Oh, really? That's how bad. Wow. That's how bad it, it it actually. They didn't want to scare uh, them, so then they came up with a new word because depression yes. was invented to not sound scary because they used to call them panics, and then depression yeah. was so bad it it became scary. So then they moved to recession. <laughs> that's that's exactly that's ex that's exactly right. And there's a famous testimony of Henry Morgenthau Jr., the Secretary of the Treasury, under. Uh, President Roosevelt and, and Morgenthau admitted that we have spent a lot of money. We've created huge deficits. We haven't solved the depression, and we have no idea how to do it. Yeah, wow. So that that just crashed the market. Yeah. Some more. Well, you know, I mean, and and we, I, you mentioned we it was the you mentioned the misreading in the '30s and this inflation quite possibly then I think you think it was misread or it caught us off guard what we're experiencing. I don't know though. Once we, when we went through what we went through with COVID, it's yes. almost hard to believe that it did. But since they did miss in the inflation, the U S economy is definitely at this point weakened and we need yes. economic strength. We need that uh, because we've got a lot of challenges ahead. Yeah, that's look. That that's true. We are we're at a point where our economy is weakened. Uh, we have too much money in circulation. We have inflation, and we we really need to squeeze the 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 money supply down to a much more manageable uh, level. We we're because we are we have challenges at home, and we have challenges abroad. Unfortunately, both have to be dealt with at at the same time, and this makes the the choices extremely extremely difficult. The um, we've seen that the um, Biden administration uh, has not sanctioned Russian oil. Uh, I think there's good reason for not. Uh, doing that uh, since of the heavy European dependence on, uh, on, on Russian oil and liquefied natural uh, gas. Uh, the, um, our, our normal go-to, the, the Saudis and the United Arab Emirates, won't help us because they have political disagreements with the, with the Biden administration. So my suggestion Coming back to what you were asking, is 100% contrarian, and this is not a recommendation. This is purely educational, because I, I see the the place to be is energy, uh, financials, and materials, and these are all contrarian strategies. But but that's what I that's what I like. Uh, you know, if if you like, um, if if you're an investor. 
uh, looking for income, uh, you know, then you could also look, uh, again, uh, an observation, not a recommendation. You could also look at dividends. Why, why, why not invest in dividend-paying stocks? There, there are some really uh, fine ones. Um, I, again, my, my bias is contrarian, so I, I like them in the uh, oil patch. And uh, energy is, uh, is is a place that that I like, but but this is purely educational. Mm-hmm. This is not a recommendation, and uh, you should consult uh, a competent uh, person uh, before before doing anything. Uh, another way to handle inflation is to use a ladder strategy, and the basic concept of a ladder is is really very simple. All you're all you're really doing is, is your uh, using different investing strategies, and your aim is to give yourself steady cash flow because you want your investments to create liquidity at different periods. And this the liquidity, your liquidity uh, openings depend on your risk profile. So what you're trying to manage is interest rate risk. And you want to have the liquidity to take advantage of whatever the opportunities may be at, a, at any given uh, time. And there are a lot of different uh, types of, of ladders. Uh, I Again, my personal preference, and this is just a personal preference, is for loading strategies. And um, that gives you a ladder that's increasing. I don't want to say vertical, but the easiest way to think of it is, is that it's a, it's a vertical type of, of, of ladder. Uh, that may not be appropriate for everybody, so it really is a question of what's your goal? What is it that you're trying to, to, to achieve? And that will affect the type of ladder, the duration of the ladder, and uh, what types of products uh, should you use? What, what, what are the outcomes that you, that you want? Brings us to a very quick break, but I did want to mention uh, we discussed this. Uh, Coach K, he you were you said a, you said about forty years, so you were on it, Fred, since nineteen eighty as the uh, Blue Devils head basketball coach, men's basketball coach. Wow, coach. yeah, nineteen eighty, forty two years, uh, five NCAA Division One titles, twelve Final Fours, fifteen ACC men's basketball tournament championships, and twelve ACC regular season titles. What a slouch! Well, he didn't do anything, did he? <laughs> well, the final, yeah, the final game is coming up in Cameron against uh, UNC. Yeah, I heard tickets for that are uh, prom- could be more than the Super Bowl. <laughs> Being scalped, huh? Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe well, it's that way. I I just saw the headline that, yeah, it's. You um, know, I I hope I hope the behavior and the verbal, the verbal uh, taunts and whatnot will be better behaved than what happened over at Carolina with, with Coach K's last game two weeks ago. I, I just can't imagine that uh, Roy Williams or, or uh, Dean Smith would, would have would have uh, let the profanity and, you know, that that uh, that that occurred. I understand it's a new first year coach, but it, it, I, I just thought it was it was shameful. Well, maybe, yeah. Uh, I mean, the either way, you know, I I'm very familiar as you are. You lived in that area. You know that rivalry exists, yep. but usually it's, road. it's usually a friendly <laughs> rivalry. Um, 
So hopefully, yeah. I mean, whether you're a Carolina or a Duke fan, you got to respect 42 years without a doubt. Uh, Absolutely, uh, an impressive career. career. He's definitely not a slouch. I did, did. I was being very sarcastic and saying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when we come back, uh, how to manage amid uncertainty? That's as we continue with the podcast. Money Matters USA. Are you losing sleep over market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings? You can't afford to lose a big portion of your nest egg with not enough time to recover. Many people want safety and the guarantee of principle, but also prefer the potential of higher growth with the market. And now you can have both. Call Fred Sade at Money Matters USA at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188. We're back with Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. And, of course, you've just heard about Fred's firm, and he can be there with you wherever you're listening to this podcast. Fred Sade can lend his expertise to your retirement planning efforts with a phone call to 800-593-8188, 800-593-8188. Well, you know, Fred, in many ways, it feels like we've got, stepped into the time machine. We've gone back to the 20th century. <laughs> uh, yeah. Destination, late 70s, early 80s, high inflation, problems again with Russia, high gasoline prices, volatile stock market. Is there anything else we should be bracing for, Fred? <laughs> stronger seatbelt. Right? <laughs> I mean, as much fun as this is, <laughs> and you know, some of it, I, I, and I don't mean to make light of what's happening in the Ukraine because it's so many just horrible stories oh, out yeah. of there. Oh my gosh, terrible to well, watch. Oh, it is. I mean, the the human uh, the human story, the human carnage. The I mean, it is just. It is just terrible, mm-hmm. just, just, just terrible. And uh, you know, I, I've given up trying to, trying to understand, uh, you know, trying to understand this. I, I, to me, it's just inexplicable. I, I just don't understand why, it, why it matters so, so much to, to Putin. Maybe, maybe somebody else does, and they'll explain it. Are to they me. rich in resources in Ukraine? I mean, I've heard that. I don't know the exact resources, but. Primarily, you know, um, they they, uh, they they are a major producer of steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they uh, West uh, mostly West Germany. Germany is their major trading partner. Uh, a lot of the German uh, companies, uh, Mercedes, for example, bought, uh, uh, you know Daimler Benz buys uh, steel from uh, from Ukraine. So that has Im- impacted oil uh, oil get, uh, auto. Uh, production, but everything else really are, uh, are grapeseed oil, uh, corn, and wheat are, are the other major. Yeah, I heard uh, about export. corn. That was shocking. Um, and also coal and iron ore, natural gas. I mean, that's yeah. a lot there. I mean, I just trying to figure out in my mind the the motivation. And of course, that well, Ukraine was part of the Soviet. Uh, Union uh, yes. up until what 1991, so it was all yeah. one of the republics of right. the USSR. So I don't know. It's just it it it's hard to watch on TV. It really is. What what, what moves should we be making now? Because in such a short time, we have gone back to what feels like the late 70s. Yeah, 
Well, I, I you're right. I, I, th I look, I, I, I was, uh, this is what I'm telling my clients. I'm, I'm telling them that no matter how much we would redo their portfolio, and for my do-it-yourselfer clients for whom I, I do planning and who I provide information, uh, some advice, I simply say that no matter what you do, you could be wrong. And, and you have to f accept the fact that, that you could be wrong. Now, some people are going to buy puts, but, but puts have become very expensive right now. For those who don't know what a put is, put, a put is the right to sell a stock at a certain price before a particular uh, time. Now, some people are going to act from fear, and they're going to go 100% to cash. And I've had that experience as well. Some people are going to go to U.S. Treasuries on, on the theory that I'd rather, I'd rather get my money back and not worry about uh, gain. Um, you could go into some risk assets just to offset uh, the risk. You, 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 could, you could go into fixed income. You could go into annuities. And you could go into life insurance. These are all very good uh, ways of, of protecting capital and, uh, and, and having uh, gains and, if necessary, uh, income. You know, there, there's an old, since we're, we're stuck in, in Eastern Europe, uh, calls to mind an old Eastern European saying, which I quote, never try to catch a falling knife, unquote. <laughs> so, That's true. <laughs> yeah, if you think the knife is falling, then you need to think about and decide on where you find your opportunities. But remember, you could be right or you could be wrong. <laughs> exactly. So. You have to you have to decide how much money are you willing to put at risk. What's your risk capital? What's your risk principle? Uh, in in uh, in other words, to put it straight straightforward, how much money are you willing to lose? If you're willing to lose a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, how much money? Fifty thousand. What is your number? And that's that's the amount that you want to put at put at risk. Just just think of it as you're at the at the crap table in Las Vegas or Atlantic City or the Poconos. And um, this is your allowance. If you lose it, you're done for the night. Uh, if you win, fine. At some point, you got to take your winnings off the, off the table. For me, uh, the perennial question at, at these times, and we've lived these through this before, is how do you shut down inflation without stopping growth? Mm -hmm. I mean, that is really the challenge. Mm -hmm that the Federal Reserve is, is facing. We've talked uh, about that, Paul Volcker. You remember in the late 70s, yes. pretty bold, daring moves. I mean, he, I guess you could say he tried to catch that falling knife. Um, he did. Yeah, yeah he, he, he did. And Volcker, Volcker's answer was to squeeze liquidity out and to raise interest rates, to shut the economy down, stop growth. And then he brought the economy, fortunately, up out of it just at election time. So President Reagan got his second second term, and uh, and Volcker uh, also uh, recouped re his uh, his reputation mm -hmm. uh, because he he agreed to stay on from the Carter years. Yeah, uh, he was Mike new was, with Carter. He had just been appointed, hadn't he? Yeah, yeah. My 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 concern is the the Fed has never had a really good answer. To the question of how do you stop inflation 
and how do you uh, do this with, without tanking the the economy? Yeah. Uh, my, that, I mean, that's the that's the real uh, problem. That's the box that that uh, Chairman Powell uh, is in. My my guess is if is if the Fed could. Could if they could get inflation three percent, I think they would declare victory and and and, uh, and say you know we we've done all we all, all we can do. Now one other thing again, this is educational, not a recommendation. A lot of folks are recommending uh, economy uh, commodities, and if you look at the volume of commodity ETFs the past two weeks. You're going, you're going to see that uh, there's been a lot of trade in there. The, the Bloomberg Commodity Index is up 20, was up 29% uh, at, at the end of the week. But the, here's, here's the thing. If you look at the leading um, commodity ETFs, you're going to see that they all have different holdings in them. So you really have to look at them very carefully and you have to decide if you're going to go that route, what do you think is going to give you the best return based on your own personal fear index? Now, another alternative here could be mutual funds. And this is a theory, but every, all of this is theoretical. But the theory would be that the fund managers are going to move to find value wherever it is to be it's going to be found. Whereas, if you're buying an ETF, you're not, you're, that's that's a totally different ballgame. So uh, you could do either, do none, uh, but um, be suspicious a bit because you're going to hear uh, commodities are the are the answer. My approach, as I said before, is is uh, counterintuitive, but that's my personal preference, which nobody has to agree with except me. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if, if you did, you want to say something? No, no, no. I was just being silly. Uh, you do agree uh, with yourself, then? That's good. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I yes. Well, you know, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes I don't. Sometimes even my meals don't agree with me. <laughs> All right. So let's say that you are committed to bonds, and you you're aware of uh, Professor Ibbotson's research on bonds versus fixed index annuities. You don't care what Ibbotson has to say. You're you're going with bonds. All right, you're in retirement and you want to use bonds for income. Now you know that bonds are vulnerable to inflation. What happens when when yields drop with bonds and bonds can go negative. So they could be a challenge and if you want constant dollar purchasing power, and you're going to need that to keep up with inflation. You're going to have to be very active, and that means short-duration bonds. Again, I'm not making any recommendations. I'm only discussing strategies uh, from an educational standpoint, and you should consult uh, a professional uh, to, to get advice. And on short-durational bonds, these can be after-tax or they can be munis, but they would, would have to be short-duration to, to protect yourself against inflation risk. Again, this is not a recommendation, and don't, don't hear it as a recommendation. This is just, this is just a, a, a strategy that is available. It's not appropriate for everyone, and you should get professional uh, advice. In my view, you, th this is a time where you really need a financial advisor. You need a plan. You may need two or even three plans. The, the important thing is don't overreact to the current situation. I monitor, as I've said before, Facebook, do-it-yourself groups. 
I look at the questions that are being asked and the kinds of questions that advisors are trained to handle. I mean, asking someone what they did or what they didn't do uh, is only getting one person's opinion or their outlook, whereas an advisor has, has seen hundreds, even thousands of situations and clients and has far more experience and, and knowledge than any one member or any one person uh, in a group. Well, it, is this the time to make sure you, you have a well-thought-out Social Security strategy? Um, yeah, thanks, thanks for mentioning <laughs> that. Yeah, uh, you know, this is the time to make sure that you've maxed your uh, Social Security, uh, especially because very few people have a defined benefit pension plan any longer. And um, no matter how much we talk about getting Social Security right People still look at it simply as a source of income, and they claim with no strategy. And if both spouses cannot defer Social Security, at least one spouse, the higher earner, should defer their Social Security to get the higher income that's going to be needed for both spouses, or at least uh, for the survivor. And, And again, my strongest suggestion is get a professional advisor, get a professional advisor. That is money that is well spent. Well, uh, good information is all heavy information, Fred, but we're living in right now a heavy world. seems like that's right. There is no, this, this is a time where there is no easy solution. There are a lot of different ways that you can understand Uh, what is going on or not understand what is going on. This is where you can get a lot of conflicting advice. Um, Let's say all of it is well-intentional, well-intentioned, but you can go go in six different directions or be paralyzed by indecision. So, this this is this is where a good advisor is earns earns his or her money. Uh, th- this is money that is that is well spent and don't worry about what works for a person in a do-it-yourself group it, it may not be the right solution for you exactly every person is different that's true that's true and that's the approach that fred takes with all of his clients and again to get the strategies to let fred learn about your financial situation so to better craft Uh, retirement strategies, the ones that are right for you. He is available wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you call, technology makes that happen. Yeah, where where would we be without good old technology? 800-593-8188 to reach Fred. 800-593-8188. And uh, I'll tell you what, we've got a great uh, video companion series. In fact, tomorrow we're going to be Uh, doing some more of our video uh, tapings, I'll say, uh, for that series, too. So uh, Fred makes this information available in so many ways, and he can for you in a custom way. Fred, I look forward to working with you on the video series again tomorrow and back here next week for more of the podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks. See you tomorrow. See you. Yeah, see you then. We'll see you next week when we drop the next podcast. Thanks so much for staying with us on Money Matters USA.
Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA LLC. Fred Said and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell in any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.